Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod, Chris Legg, and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes today. Uh, Chris Sherrod couldn't make it just because of scheduling conflicts, but we're going to get him back. Because he's a slacker. The... That's why. You <laughs> yeah. heard me, Chris. You're a slacker. He actually said, what did he say? He said, I've had more meetings in the past few weeks than I ever had working at Pineco. <laughs> and he worked at Pineco for like 11 years. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to Mega Church, Chris. Here we go. Exactly. Here we go. But yes, all that to say, we'll be hearing from Chris soon. Um, and we're we're recording this on a different day. We feel kind of just disheveled because Chris' leg has been out of the office. We don't even know what month it is. Yeah, at this point. exactly. I think it's I August. Mean, I really don't. But wait, it's August fourth because tomorrow's yes. my wife's birthday. There so you go. There you okay, go. That's, good. that's well, how go. I remember things. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad that we're getting time together. Yeah. Um, and we've talked. We've spent a lot of time. We were actually talking one of the last times about how this topic of sexism is actually morphed into a lot more than what we thought. It's yeah. been awesome yeah. Um, to get to talk about that. Um, and w- I know we'll continue along that the road of is scripture immoral by today's standards, uh, moving on to other things within that. But we wanted to talk about some more things regarding sexism as we're kind of finishing up that topic. And yeah. so, and by the way, where, yeah. if people feel like we missed something, uh-huh. where do they say, Hey, Hey, hey! You missed this passage, oh, or you missed this topic, or you you got to go back and cover this. Where yes. where is that? Will you <clears throat> send me an email at info at southspring dot org? Or oh wait, yeah. Are you saying if they want to go yeah. back, or if, if they, they wanna... want us to touch a topic, or they have yes. a question? Yes. If you, know, you if you if you if you're like, look, I like these, but I have this specific question regarding this that I feel like you guys either skirted around or just didn't didn't hit at all. Please send us an email at info at southspring.org that will come to me colson uh and then we will get we'll be able to to hit that mm-hmm. um also if this is the first episode that you're joining with i would encourage you to go back <laughs> yeah. and start <laughs> with the strongly with those, recommend um because that'll just kind of give you more of a context of what we're talking about mm-hmm. um the other thing that i was going to say and i feel like this is just kind of a thing with podcasts, but if you were enjoying this podcast and you're like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some value from this. We would just ask that you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who you think would benefit from it. Right. Um, one <clears throat> to just kind of help facilitate more conversation, but then two to help people to, uh, to hear the podcast. It would, it would help us a lot as well. So mm-hmm. that's Very kind of cool. an unashamed plug. But it's just the way that, I mean, that's the way that I listen to podcasts and hear about new ones. Somebody says, hey, have you heard about this? And if I trust them, it's like, oh, great. I need to check that out. Yeah, Very good. So jumping back into sexism, there are things that we had left. um, I know that we can kind of unpack this a little bit. The first thing that you had mentioned, Chris, was that though it is not um, mandated scripturally, women were often considered lesser citizens. 
right. in the Bible. And so do you want to it talk is, about it that a little bit? It is good to reference that. the culture that the Bible yeah. is written, yes, 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 right. yes. Yeah, the culture, the Bible comes <clears throat> through Egyptian culture, through Hebrew culture, ancient Babylonian culture, all those. And, Roman, yeah. And, and then into the New Testament, Roman and, and Greek culture. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that women at times were treated as second-class citizens, um, sometimes almost as property, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it was a very, very different culture. It is intriguing that the Bible does not condone treating men and wi- treating women that way, or as we're going to get to in a minute, men or women that way. But <clears throat> um, that is true, and it is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to we don't want to somehow, like you said a minute ago, we don't skirt past that. Yeah. Um, and there are there are passages that teach within that culture in a way that seems odd to us or difficult to us. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't ever want us to try to, you know, sugarcoat the fact that the Bible is often set in a different culture that is hard for us or weird for us. And there are passages, as we talked about, that are troublesome mm-hmm. even for us, even though we trust it and accept it, it's still like, wow, that's, boy, that's a, that's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's part of the conversation. And then another part is sometimes, you know, the Bible does say some things that we are troubled by and our temptation is to say, well, we must understand this better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were referencing, you, Bryn, you were referencing like what what makes us uncomfortable or what we don't like or... Yeah, I was just saying that sometimes even, even if we're trying to understand... I mean, a lot of times we don't like things in the Bible because we misunderstand them or don't understand the context. But even if we're doing the hard work of, of understanding it, there are things that that we may still in our in our brokenness dislike. And I don't think, I think it's fair to acknowledge that of like, there are still things that, you know, we were talking about the, even the relationship that scripture does call us to in marriage. There's parts of that, that some days I may not like it. Right. (laughs) Right. And I do think it is a much more beautiful picture when we understand it accurately, obviously, but, but even as it is intended as much as we can understand, like there are days when we won't like it or we think that it's offensive because it goes against what we want to do that day. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't change even when we understand it. Yeah. It doesn't the, like yeah. go away just because, oh, now I get the hermeneutics of this. Right. right. <clears throat> I still don't like it. Right. Sometimes I don't being like a, being sacrificing. A, yeah. Being a living sacrifice <laughs> just often doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. Not, often not comfortable or easy. I don't think which it's is what supposed I want. to. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's yes. like what I want is kind of the enjoyment, comfort, yeah. ease. Yes. Yeah. And what that's not what I'm called to a lot of the time. Yes. yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so I think you're right. Even in this conversation, there are pieces of like, you know, how uh, wives are supposed to respond to their husbands and things like that, that or I don't husbands, always, their wives. Right. That we don't always like, but right. I think our heart behind this, and you can correct me if, um, if you have a different view, but like our heart behind a lot of this is to dispel the misinterpretations, the misunderstandings, because, right. um, a lot of that does come with heartache and heartbreak and, um, and have been misused. And so we've been trying to dispel that without denying the fact that some of it's still hard. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. Jesus is a scandalon. He is a stumbling stone. We're never going to, we would not want to, nor would we be able to honestly, justly, truthfully present Jesus as not offensive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to, to take the teaching of scripture as not offensive. I, what, what you said, Colson, I think is really good. 
when you think about Jesus telling his you know, my disciples are going to have to take up their cross daily and follow me. And if you're carrying a cross, you're probably not going to a pool party or a picnic or, you know, go hang out with friends and play PS4. This is, you're going, you're to, going cru- to a crucifixion. Right. I've heard you say that several times. Like, don't get, it, he didn't parse his words or mince his words yeah, or whatever. No. It's like, you're going to a crucifixion. Yeah. And so, and just need to understand that. I was like, oh, when I've heard you say that, it's like, oh, that's definitely real. Yeah. And when, mm-hmm. like when we talk about husbands and wives as an example, you know, he calls upon wives to devote themselves to their husband's mission or mm-hmm. submit. But what he calls husbands to is to love like Christ, which is another way of saying, take up your cross and die for her um, because that's what I've commanded you to. Um, man, that's a, that does not always sound fun or, or very inviting or intriguing. Um, I like getting what I like out of my relationships, not always sacrificing what I like. So that's a given. Mm-hmm. I also think it's fair to say, <clears throat> and we'll come back to this, I think probably time after time, and certainly the little snippet we did on slavery is that we take this stance of being, because we're technologically more advanced and thousands of years into the future, that we must be standing on the moral high ground. Yeah. And and that's just a version of ethnocentrism that we say, listen, I'm in the perfect position to judge a culture four or 5,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, or even the scriptures as it's in front of me, because I don't like this idea of submission or I don't like this idea of sacrifice. Therefore, we shouldn't have to because I'm standing for moral high ground. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, uh, well, no one voted back then, but, you know, Bryn's vote would count, unlike it did in America 150 years ago, and certainly unlike it did in Rome mm-hmm. 2,000 like, years or ago. Or like you were saying, like her witness in court right, yeah. or something yeah. like that. So as a, as a woman, you're treated differently in today's world, but I'm not convinced that, that's all, that all of our changes are superior mm-hmm. to what it would have been. One of them we've mentioned, as we talked about in here, I'm not convinced that, that women are safer from predatory men today than they were 2,000 years ago. Um, I'm not sure that our laws do a better job of that. Uh, may, maybe conceal and carry laws allow yeah. for that. But, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, uh, I don't know what other laws. I mean, they're just, I, I don't remember the details because I've been catching just snippets of news in the last two weeks mm-hmm. in camps. But I know there was a, a case where uh, there's apparently a sports star who had several hundred women claim that he was had sexually assaulted them or abused them or I don't care I don't know the details so yeah. please excuse this but all I heard was that his consequence was a six game suspension like that's mm-hmm. it that's the punishment he gets for apparently being inappropriate with with dozens or maybe hundreds of women mm-hmm. and a six game suspension I'm not sure we're getting that better than they did 2000 years ago I don't I don't know that that proves that we mm-hmm. are so women are safer today than they were then right. so anyway that's just one also perspective is Let's not assume we or, we always have the moral high ground yeah. on some of these items. Mm-hmm. Just because things have changed or a lot of time has passed doesn't mean we're better in all ways. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we we love to think that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't Absolutely. think that's true a lot of times. On that note, yeah. we need to transition probably over into the topic of slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that is, I feel like, really misunderstood a lot in Scripture. Yeah. Um, so I don't know guys, if you guys have looked up any of the, the troublesome stuff or I looked up, or whatever. A, I looked up a little bit. I, I do. If you haven't listened to our overview, please go and listen to that. But just as a, a quick recap, specifically what you were talking about, Chris Leg is we're talking about slavery in the Bible 
and it is most of the time not is referring to a different concept than the slavery that we consider or think when we think slavery in America in the New World, right? In even in the Roman world, um, and that being that it is not this race-based slave um, trade. It's more can. Slavery in the biblical context was typically based more around economics on bond servants and with 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 us understanding that slave trading is sinful right and is wrong and and often included someone choose i mean sometimes choosing yes. to be a servant of someone else yes in to, fact to better their life the vast majority of hebrew language about slavery so I can go to a few of them, yes. but understand the Bible is so clearly con- condemning of the version of slavery we had in America mm-hmm. that slave owners, as I understand it, slave owners in the 16, 17, 1800s, all those years, all those centuries of slavery in America, mm-hmm. when they gave copies of the Bible to their slaves, they edited them <clears throat> because the Bible so clearly condemns the type of slavery that we experienced here. Mm -hmm. Um, We experienced a racially-based slavery, a kidnap-based slavery. Yes. um, And kidnapping was never allowed in the Bible. It was condemned from very early on. Um, Exodus 21, Mm -hmm. 16 says, anyone who kidnaps someone is put to death. Yeah. Like it's, it was a crime punishable by immediate execution. Yeah. Um, And even in, and in the new Testament, I mean, in first Timothy, mm Mm-hmm. It talks, it lists people like, now we know that the law is good. So this is First Timothy 1, starting in verse 8. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral men who practice, oh, so, excuse me, the sexually immoral men who practice sexual homose- homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else mm-hmm. is contrary to sound mm. doctrine. So it's like a, an enslaver is listed among among murderers. That's right. You know? Mm. Yep. It is a a clear, the language there is clear that being a slave, yeah. trader, someone yes. who trades slaves, kidnaps slaves, buys slaves, sells slaves, <clears throat> in the New Testament yes. is clearly listed for Christians among the immoral. Yes. The worst, the, the, the immoral of the immoral. So. Yes. Um, it is a, that is a clear, those are clear. Yes. So the type of slavery we had in America where we would, people would go overseas, kidnap people or purchase kidnapped people, bring them here, put them into slavery where they had no way to leave Mm. being a slave. Um, but had no way to, in fact, if escaped, they were chased down and caught some of them, sometimes they could purchase their way out of slavery, but there was no, no like every seven years they weren't set free, which is a biblical, the, the, the Jewish mandate at least, was that every seven years they're set free. Yeah. <clears throat> all, all of the stuff, all the biblical concept of slavery um, condemns the version of slavery that was here. And so, you well, it was uh, just a table. Oh, nice. And it, it, so I was doing a little bit of research looking at the differences between, okay, the conditions of slavery in the Old Testament versus Roman and the New World. Oh, neat. And so it was just saying, okay, did they receive holiday or vacation or yeah. time off? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and, Shabbat, yeah. every yes. seven days they got a whole day off, just exactly. like everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, so basically it lists out in the Old Testament, 
it, it basically is comparing and contrasting the Rome, Roman slavery or slaves in the Roman world, slaves in the new world and slaves in the old Testament. And it has listed, did they receive vacation or holiday or rest? Did they receive enough food, legal redress, sexual pr- protection, or were they, you know, kidnapped Were the yeah. chains involved torture yeah. and physical abuse. And it's mm-hmm. like everything in the old Testament slavery, they received all the good things yeah. and did not receive the bad things. That's right. And it's completely the not, opposite. Now comment. That doesn't Sorry. mean that some of them didn't receive it. Excuse me. It would yes. have been an illegal and immoral by the teaching if they did yes. receive it. So it was not being condoned or no. advocated. No, in fact, it's yeah. Like going all the way back, Leviticus, do not rule over servants with harshness. Uh, Ephesians says to treat your slaves as the same way you treat each other. Don't threaten them. Um, Colossians, provide your slaves with what is right and fair. Because you're going to have people who become con- converts yes. who are slave owners. And now they're going to discover, oh, great. This, what, yeah. what I've been doing is immoral, but they can't just release this person into slavery to somebody else. That could be just as bad or whatever. And this is a whole lot of justification, but also practical truth has to come together here. And yeah. the, the consequence, what Paul teaches people is if you're a slave owner, you begin to treat them as creating the image of God, yeah. people of value and virtue and all these things, even if it's a Roman. So again, right. this is that the, the Jewish laws are very clear. Right. Um, and the vast majority, um, like in Exodus, for example, uh, if a man beats his male or female slave with a club and the slave dies, the owner is punished, probably meaning executed, but at least there's going to be a penalty for you. You don't own them. You can't just kill right. a slave. You can't sell a slave. You don't. And that was the key was that in the Jewish mindset, even a prisoner of war was considered a sojourner, mm-hmm. even if they were a slave, not a, uh, not ownership. They weren't property. Humans were never property. Yeah. Um, and so that was a, that's a big deal. And obviously that's not in yeah. in the, in the, Annabellum South. Yeah. It was the well, other way. Well, that was another thing I wanted to ask. Maybe you can comment a little bit more on because what I was looking at is in the Roman world, it wasn't like in the Antebellum South where it's like, okay, well, I release a slave and then they can just be free and go and live a free life. It's like, no, if I release a slave, they're still considered they're still like, a slave. And it's like some yeah, of it that was, had to do with like, okay, if they were below the age of 30 or right. those things, and it's like Christians did not abolish you know, could not abolish the Roman slavery, but they started a new form of society. This is what I'm reading. Right. A yes. new race within the Roman Empire in which they lived. Yeah. That's, which challenged that's, the status of human beings. That's really good language. It actually is. I was just teaching on that this morning at family camp that Peter, when Peter says a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God, he uses yes. the two words there, genos and ethnos, that we are a new people, a new, I mean, a new, anyway, uh, chosen people, yes. genos, and then a royal people is ethnos is that's We're the two eth- words ethnic people. we are a new ethnicity a new genetic people yeah. to what to the degree that peter would have understood that word genos yes. to mean genetic but we now mean genetic when we say yes, that but yes, he yes. means like family group so but it's like there it's weird we are completely new right that's exactly right yeah and so when we talk about like when we look in the levitical teachings the levitical or deuteronom deuteronomical laws oh, um it's easy for me to say the um <laughs> um, those laws on slavery, they typically are about people who owe a debt yeah. mm-hmm. or who are so poverty stricken, they can't provide for their family. And one of the options within their culture was to quote, sell themselves, meaning 
one, they might get paid and then have money to take care of themselves, but also mainly that they would then have someone to provide for them. A wealthier person of the Jewish world, Mm -hmm. brothers, sisters, if not direct family, at least family within the culture, um, at least Jewish family. And so they would then work for them. And the reminder constantly from God was, don't treat them badly. You remember Egypt, don't you? Like, Mm. remember what I did to the Egyptians because they enslaved you? Don't Mm -hmm. think I won't do that to you if you enslave each other. And so it's that bond servant motif that we talked about in that shorter podcast. Um, that yeah. a lot of times, probably what we what, what when we read the word slave or servant in the Bible, it almost would have been understood by the people at the time as rescuing me, not enslaving me. Yeah, mm. um, I'm not going to come work for you so that you will take care of me and my family because I yes. can't afford to take care of me and my family anymore. <clears throat> Again, that's hard for us to imagine in this day and age, but, and then there's rules for how you do it, whether it's Jewish. So I don't see a lot of evidence of Jewish teaching that would show that there was a lot of what even today we would consider immoral if we understood it. Mm. So um, not you, so with Roman, but with Jewish teaching. So when we look at it through kind of this idea of like, okay, if somebody's deconstructing their faith and they are holding on to this as like, you know, if, if somebody's coming to you and they're saying, well, and cause I'm, I'm now just on, I mean, I was just doing a Google search earlier, Christianity today. Why did so many Christians support slavery? Some people have this reason. Well, it's like, well, slavery was widespread throughout the Roman world. And yet Jesus never spoke against it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so mm. we're, so right now we are doing the work of defining what slavery was. Right. Right. What, what are people I'm I'm more curious, like, okay, if somebody's really, like, if this is a, a stumbling block for them and they're deconstructing because of this, it's like, how can we help guide how they're thinking about slavery? Because mm. it's like, okay, are you, one, is it partially of like, okay, we need to, we need to define our terms and sure. understand I'll, what, that's one of our rules here, and right? Which is yeah. what we've, I feel like have been doing of like, yep. this is what slavery means. And then now, I, I'm just like, how, where do we go from here? That's a good question. Do we ever define sexism? <laughs> oh, that's a good. I don't. I don't, I don't think we, we ever. Because I, think, so. I think of sexism as abuse or mistreatment of somebody based on their sex. Right. <clears throat> but I don't know that that's the modern definition of it. Right. Um, that would be my definition. Yeah. Just like racism would be abuse or mistreatment of someone based on their race. Yes or ethnicity, yes, all human race. But right. <clears throat> but here, when we're talking in the Bible, if you're going to the Hebrew scriptures, uh-huh. slavery needs to be understood. Not Again, not 100% of the time. There are a couple of passages about taking on uh, like a slave that you capture in battle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still not ownership, and there's still rules about how you treat them, but it is a little different. That is somebody uh-huh. being taken into slavery against their will. Yes. Um, now, I don't know how that actually played out if it was, I mean, I can kill you or I can enslave you. Those are the two options. Right. Um, so, so, that, that at least makes sense in my head of yeah. like, which would be contrary to what the culture was doing in yeah, that no one time. Else, yeah. No one did yeah. that. So, and yeah. we've talked about that. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to talk about genocides before we're done with the Bible being immoral for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. T- those are tough, tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, this is a, the, the 
the concept of slavery that we're seeing in the Hebrew scripture almost all the time is going to be by choice. Yeah. That the person is coming and saying, could you please allow me to be your servant, me and my family, so that we can take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But on that note, wouldn't you also... Wouldn't it be accurate to say that that was even countercultural then? Because I feel like every um, period of human history has had examples of like immoral slavery. Like mm. people have always enslaved yes. others right. throughout all of time. So it's not that that slavery didn't exist then. You're just saying that the Hebrew understanding of what the slavery that was allowed for them was that version. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Well, and it, also held the ethic of Imago Dei, right? Right, right. It's like the whole underlying thing. It's like we're not seeing these people as less human or of less worth right. than us. And so now they are, how do you pronounce it? Chattel? Yeah, not chattel slavery, yeah. right. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, like, essentially like, oh, like pop property. Exactly. Right. They, yeah. are, they are of worth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and then, and then yeah, that's why there are laws. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's why there's... Those things are set up. Um, I had another thought, but I completely forgot. Well, back to your thought about the Romans, though. I, uh-huh. So I think that is a lot of people's question. So even if we're understanding the Old Testament's view of um, one question is like, does God condone slavery? And if so, what kind? Like, what does that mean? Right. Which I think is what we're addressing currently. Yes. But then the other part of that being what Colson just mentioned of like, okay, Jesus did live in a culture that had a very immoral, I mean, the Romans had all kinds of slavery. Oh yeah. And, and if the question is, did Jesus speak out against it? And if not, why that would be another part of that question. I think think that's a fair question. Are we, do we feel okay? I mean, the treatment of slaves, Jewish slaves, foreign slaves. I mean, I think, I think we could unpack it a long time. I think we're going to end up with kind of the same. Yeah. Kind of perspective, which is there may be a place here or there like prisoners of war, but even then there's reason to believe they had opportunities to go free. They had opportunities to buy themselves out of slavery. They were all the laws of the treatment of them would still be in place. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a female slave and the guy falls in love with her and wants to marry her, we talked about that. Even a prisoner, a woman prisoner of war, there's mm-hmm. rules, very specific rules. We went over that. Um, I, th- I think what God clearly condones in the in the Hebrew scripture is yeah. this bond servant form of slavery. And again, so I, I'm not even sure slavery is a proper word for right. it, to be honest. Right. And, yeah. and in English, we don't mean anything like that when we yeah. say slave. Which is part of the reason it's so uncomfortable is because mm-hmm. if we're using the same word, we immediately equate it with what we, the version right. that we're familiar with. Well, right. and then the, the Hebrew, I don't know how to pronounce this, but the meaning of the Hebrew word, is it ebed, E-B-E-D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is not Sounds it, good to me. What, what I was looking at was just saying it's like within that context and culture, it was not inherently negative, no. but it relates to work. Right. But for us, when we hear the word slavery, yes, instantly is negative. Yes, that's and right. So it's like, so we're reading into that every single time. Right. And um, even in the Roman culture, you were either essentially, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. So yes. there's someone who knows this, but you essentially had rights or you didn't. There yeah. were certain rights you could have as a non-Roman citizen and but you were either that or a Roman citizen. That's why yeah. Roman citizens could be. I mean, non-Roman citizens could be tortured to death. They had yeah. no rights against that kind of stuff. <clears throat> they could be required to carry soldiers' packs or to house troops or to or to give up all their. I mean, there's so many things. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert, so I may overstate some of these. Versus a Roman citizen, 
who had tons of rights. And so there's a sense in which Rome, Rome was broken down into this kind of weird citizen, non-citizen slave thing. And, and being a non-citizen was almost kind of like being a slave in some ways. Like you were, uh-huh. you just had you so few rights. rights. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's why Jesus, though a Hebrew, was not a Roman citizen, and therefore he could be crucified and killed. Yes. Peter could be crucified and killed, but Paul had to be beheaded mm-hmm. because you weren't allowed to torture Roman citizens to death. Um, you weren't even allowed to, supposed to even beat them without a trial. Paul gets somebody probably in big trouble because they start beating him before they find out he's a Roman citizen in the mm. Bible. And that's a big deal. But anyway, I, I, I don't want to speak about something I don't know so, that much about, but that's a, I think the idea of bond servant slavery yeah. is clearly something God condones. But as we talked about in that last podcast, if we're talking about a, a culture where people don't have enough to eat, enough to take care of themselves, enough to provide for their family, we did the example of, uh-huh. you know, in a grid down future apocalyptic mm-hmm. situation, someone coming to someone who is, you know, a prepper who's got, you know, years of food and supplies going, will you take me and my family in? We'll work for you. Well, the kind thing to do would be to take them in. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be moral to go, no, I'm opposed to slavery. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah. Like that wouldn't somehow be moral. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of shifting gears a little bit, I think. And I don't know what um if how the bible addresses this like but mistreatment talk about something you know that's that's not comfortable for me to be like you know we're talking about being a living sacrifice talking about when god says okay if you're going to endure suffering for me on on my behalf that is you know count it joy but I was like, that sounds horrible to me. And so are there, are there passages that talk about that? Like, Hey, if you're a slave and your slave master is mistreating you, yep. you need to persevere. Yes. Oh that. yeah. That's and I clearly think, and taught. I wonder, it's like, okay, that, that may be hard for people. It's like, well, can they just run away or hurt the person back or something like that? Right. I don't, I don't know. That, and maybe yeah, I'm getting was, off on a rabbit trail. Well, no, no, I, don't I think, think so. you're dead on. I yeah. think that was, that was a, along the lines of my question. Oh, is, okay. So would we say like a lot of the new Testament um, verses do seem to be addressed to the slaves themselves. And so do you think it's accurate to say that Jesus was already creating a culture that was very countercultural Um, and he was laying the framework for, if you're my follower, this is how you treat people. Uh Um, but then along those lines, knowing, yeah, there will be people who are currently slaves who end up following me. And so I'm also calling them to a higher standard, knowing that's already their state. So it's not that he's condoning the fact that they're slaves, but he's saying this happens in this culture. If you come to follow me, like I'm calling you all to a higher standard, regardless of, of when you're saved. Is that, yeah. So if, if that you're if you're a master, you're called to a higher standard of being a master, and if you're right. a slave, you're called to be a, to a higher standard of yeah, a totally different yes. standard. You're, yes. you're a stranger in a strange land. You're yes. a ambassador of a different nation, and your social status in this one, it it's not. I mean, not irrelevant. Maybe too strong a language, but relative to your identity in Christ, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. That's why he actually Paul gets worked up at some point and says there. In Christ, there is no female or male, slave or free, Jew or Gentile. That's really he doesn't literally point. mean they don't exist. Yeah. He just means they're compared yeah, to every, being in Christ is irrelevant. Is, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. 
we're all going to face justice and injustice here. We're all going to face trials and turmoil. I mean, again, Paul, who was a Roman citizen and a leader in the Jewish culture, he received beatings and stonings and all kinds of mistreatment. Well, from a socioeconomic status, he should have been at the top of the heap, right? right? Mm -hmm. But not only was he not, because he followed Christ, he was treated worse than probably most women, most slaves, most everybody because of Christ. And so Mm -hmm. to avoid mistreatment is not necessarily the high calling of a Christ follower, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, did not avoid mistreatment, though he could have. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a little bit of... I mean, could you... One of the answers is big picture. Well, I was like, could you almost argue that it's the opposite to endure... To endure mistreatment is the higher calling. Well, that's actually what Peter says in First Peter, is he says to receive a beating for doing what's wrong right. is that's your it. problem. Yeah. Like if you sin against your leaders or masters and they punish you, hey, stop that. Mm-hmm. But if you receive a beating for doing what's morally right, mm-hmm. that's actually commendable to God because you're following in the example of Christ who received a beating for doing what's right. Mm -hmm. Now here's what can't happen. And here's what did happen is as a slave owner, I read that and go, huh? See, yeah, it's okay for me to beat you. Exactly. That's absolutely wrong. That's totally wrong. And clearly, because again, the Levitical teaching was that it's, I mean, me beating a slave could get me potentially executed, certainly Mm -hmm. punished. Um, And so, and it doesn't mean like in a sick way, you have to go seek out, like to be beaten. It's like, you know, cause even in first yes. Corinthians seven, he says, were you a slave when you're called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. So yep. he's not saying like, you have to go find a way to be <laughs> mistreated, but he's saying like your heart and your attitude of like, it changes your mindset. Yeah. If that's yes. what happens. Uh, yep. We actually are, uh, our media intern is in here with us <laughs> and Dylan was pointing out as well. Philemon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. can we talk a little bit about what what that is? Well, we have this <clears throat> book in the New Testament. It's a letter, as, as most of the New Testament books are. We have this letter um, from Paul to a guy named Philemon. Let me pull it up. Um, and so Philemon, it's a letter to Philemon, though we never meet Philemon that we know of in the Bible. Um, who we who Paul has a relationship with is a guy named Onesimus. And apparently Paul knows Philemon as well. Here's what's wild. So Onesimus, for some reason, and we don't know, it sounds like he may have even sinned against Philemon, um, that Onesimus apparently escaped or, or left his enslavement, or whatever that means, to Philemon. So Philemon was the master of Onesimus. Onesimus bails converts to, finds Paul and converts to Christianity. And Paul sends, Phile- sends Onesimus back to Philemon, who is a believer. So Paul sends him with a letter saying, again, this is by volition, Onesimus has got to go do this. And apparently it happened because we all have a copy of Philemon now. Yeah. So we don't know how this story played out. But it sounds like, given the, given the context, that, Phi- that Onesimus, the slave, may have stolen from Philemon when he left, may have like robbed him in some way, ran, meets um, meets Paul, becomes a Christian, and Paul sends him back. Now, is this a Roman slave situation, a Greek slave situation, a Jewish slave situation? Um, probably you're talking about a, a non-Jewish slave situation. So it, it may have been a little uglier by our standards. But again, notice 
Paul's goal for both Philemon and Onesimus, master and slave, is to recognize they are brothers in Christ, and they both have the same master. And so his goal for them is unity, and what a great example of unity it would be if a slave and a master could worship together. And and I think probably you've got a little bit of uh, pressure. Paul puts pressure, I read it in the letter, that there's pressure on Philemon to forgive and potentially through forgiveness free Onesimus. He doesn't say it straight out. He doesn't mm. say, listen, as a Christian, you are required to forgive and, and he does say forgive. You are required to free your brother Onesimus. Yeah. Mm. So again, people have twisted that to say, see, Paul approves of slavery when what we actually have is a situation where Paul is fighting for Christian reconciliation, even of a slave and Matt, people at this social cultural difference. Mm. And again, you, <clears throat> talking like you said a second ago, we don't know what Onesimus's options were if he had been, quote, freed by Philemon. What does that even mean? Right. It's not like he would have suddenly become a citizen of Rome. Um, so anyway, it's, it's, a, it's fascinating to read and a great challenge for us to remember that the relationship for people in Christ is more important than boss-employee relationships, more important than any authoritative relationship. Like, this is the fundamental. This is what really matters. Yeah. And in that case... It even includes this story. Um, it is true that neither Paul, although Paul more so, it's an argument of silence to say, why didn't Jesus condemn slavery? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's either way, because we don't know that he didn't condemn slavery. Just in the limited uh, narrative that we have of his life, we don't have him publicly condemning slavery. But keep in mind, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time talking to Romans at all. He was right. talking to Jews, and he didn't need to condemn their slavery. They were probably following a Levitical version of bond servanthood that he would have had no reason to condemn. Mm-hmm. Um, to condemn Roman slavery certainly could have been an option for him, but it's not like he was a Roman condemning Roman slavery. He right. would have been a non-citizen, essentially a slave, condemning slavery. And I don't know that that would have meant anything to anybody mm. um, for him to condemn. I mean, he doesn't condemn them uh, necessarily murdering people either. They're Romans. He was not there to solve Roman culture. Is I think the simplest, and again, that sounds like a cheap answer to people, and I understand why it does. He did not come in and change things that we would like for him to have changed. He mm-hmm. didn't install democracy. Um, he didn't. Mm. Um, he didn't give equal rights to women um, or to minorities. He didn't. You know, he did not end, I don't know, minority segregation. I mean, if you start making the list of all the social ills that Jesus could have fixed and didn't fix, essentially you're left with, well, did did Jesus need to usher in the kingdom and none of us be born then? Like, is that because him curing all the social ills, he would have required him to step in and declare himself Lord and master and king Mm -hmm. of everything and Mm. bring in the new heaven and new earth and the new Jerusalem and all that. Mm-hmm. And it clearly was not what he was here for. So, no, he did yeah. not solve, although his philosophy, as found in his teaching, is what led to mm-hmm. those things falling. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, the correct application of his teaching did lead over time to the end of slavery, um, often to the end of segregation, to the end of these things, even though some people have abused it in the, in the yeah. meantime. Um, and I can understand why that's 
what, I don't know, disappointing, yeah, mm-hmm. um, discouraging to people. I get it. I would have loved to have seen some of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a little bit of, he had bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds terrible to say compared to people who've been in oppression. Mm. Um, but, but to say he, he was here to solve an eternal problem, not a series of cultural problems. Yeah. And, and even if he had spoken out and solved them, he would have had to fix it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the next culture would have just come in and broken it again. Right. right. Like you're saying, I think he, he was laying the foundation for changing culture. Mm-hmm. It was just he was laying the, the principles and the foundation of it. Right. And then the correct application does change a lot of those things. Right. But he didn't come in just to change the individual. Well, and gosh, I hadn't thought things. about this before till just now when you said that. It suddenly struck me. I mean, if the Romans had followed the Jewish teaching, right. if they had followed God's teaching on things like bond servanthood, right. we wouldn't That's have had a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the teaching was there. Yeah. It had been there from the time of Moses. They but just, then if you'd added like Jesus's yeah. views, the Christian perspective, even on top of that, then yeah. I no, mean, unless God, unless Jesus was going to force it, yeah, there was no... I guess I understand the frustration of saying, yeah, but if he had said it clearly, maybe we wouldn't have had antebellum slavery in America. Mm, if, yeah. if these Christians from that time, if Jesus had said, listen, listen, people, mm. none of this slavery junk, we're done with that. My people stay all the way away from that. Again, I don't, I think he would have had to go down a massive list. It's not like he couldn't have done that, I guess, of all the things. But what makes sense to me is if, so let's apply, if the Americans, the new Americans from the 1600s in Jamestown, who were the first slaves, first people to bring in slaves, if they had been following God's principles, we wouldn't have had slavery in America. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have. So to say, well, why didn't Jesus then set up some principles that would have protected us from slavery? Yeah. Well, he, he did. Yeah. yeah. And those were ignored. Why do we think if he had said more, those would not have been ignored. The ones right. he did put in place were ignored. Right. So even the base, like, we're created in the image of God. Yes. And we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Like yes. uh, at a minimum, if that had been followed. Yes. And yeah. so much of the racial stuff that we've dealt with, the the racism stuff we dealt with is so clearly an abuse of scripture. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone uses scripture, I just, I, I've not understood it since childhood and you guys have heard me talk about it. I mean, yeah. I was, I was surrounded by it. Um, even as a child, not understanding I mean, how do you, how do you, I don't understand how you justify these jokes. I don't understand how you justify this behavior. I don't know how you understand how you justify these words mm-hmm. because it's not, I mean, I really, I can tell you this. I've watched, I watched family members, not immediate family members, but cousins and others clean up their language when the pastor was near. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so they knew, mm-hmm. they knew it was wrong. That's why they cleaned up. They didn't tell those jokes in front of the pastor. Mm-hmm. So they, they apparently, There's if Jesus new, had walked yeah. up, they would have been like, "Oh, oops, sorry, Jesus, I didn't mean to tell that joke in front of you," because they know he didn't approve. Mm-hmm. Knowing he didn't approve wasn't stopping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even anyway. like you were saying, if you're having to give scripture that has pieces cut out of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that, if you're doing that on any level, then you know. Yes, what you're that's doing that's where my right. mind went. It's yeah. like even if he had specifically said it against it. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that would have just, well, they just would have cut it yeah, out. I was going to say that would have been the first to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first, <laughs> okay. I know for sure what we're taking out of that Bible. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of thing. yeah. So that's great. Well, I know that there might be more, if you're listening and you know, maybe you've dealt with something on this topic or around this topic that has been difficult for you and your yeah. faith that we haven't talked about, or maybe somebody, you know, yeah. Or just a different perspective. I would like to hear about that. Mm-hmm. So and we can say, dig a little more and see what yeah, people have written about. That's true. What their troubles are. Okay. 
when it comes to Scripture. But even what I looked at, what I've looked at before now was either a misunderstanding of what slavery was. Yes. Mm. Um, an argument from silence, which I think we've talked, at least talked about here, and we can unpack some more if we need to. Mm-hmm. Or it's been an abuse mm-hmm. or a right. twisting of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, before I knew much about this, hearing about people talk about how, you know, you know, you can't, inter- people of different races shouldn't intermarry. That was a common, I mean, there's still probably still people around here who think that that's a biblical concept. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just isn't. And I remember even, again, like I say, as a college student, before I knew how to look this stuff up, being able to look up and go, okay, but this isn't about race or ethnicity. The people he's telling them not to marry with are their own ethnicity. Some of them are. And then he's saying, because they'll cause you to chase their foreign gods. Like, I don't see why this is hard. Mm-hmm. It seems so obvious right. that that's not what's being forbidden here and condemned. I will tell you guys, in college, I just assumed I didn't understand the Bible well enough. Mm. Because, because I remember because hearing people that. teach it as, well, the Bible says we're not supposed to marry people from other races. I was like, I, I must be missing it because I can't find it anywhere. anywhere. Mm. Interesting. And then going through seminary and discovering like, oh, that's because it's not there. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's nothing there at all to defend that biblically. Um, anyway, so it's just a, mm. that's an example of, I mm. think sometimes we are, how many times have we said this, guys, like, yeah, the God who you are rejecting, yeah, I would reject him too. Exactly. I right. rejected him as well. Yeah. The Bible you're rejecting doesn't exist. You need to reject that Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, that faith that you say that you have had, yeah. you need to deconstruct that faith. That faith yes. is yes. no good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We want to encourage you with the, to, to, to stick with it and, and to chase down what is what is true yeah. scripturally. Well, I'll look at some more and see if I can find okay. some well written. Like, here's my issue with the Bible about slavery yeah. and see if we can engage with a certain article or cool. something that, yeah. that unpacks Sounds that some great. more. Awesome. Well, Good. hey, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with some more uh, information. If right. you have Good. any questions, get get after it. Send us an email, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I bet that part gets edited. <laughs> I bet you're right. Please, please don't. Please leave it in. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people to find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.